All right. We are ready, I hope. All right. Greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show, first downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 19th day of June. And yes, though it is not a Wednesday, it is a Tuesday. We are here. Um, I actually, and I had the honor of being actually at Alec Beck and Amelia Brodick's wedding on Saturday. It was beautiful. Um, rad to be around all the skateboarding community as well. And just want to wish them all the best. And and personal experience is a couple that skates together stays together. And that's what my husband and I do. That was our first date with skating. And we had wedding wheels at our wedding. And we have a skate date on Wednesdays. So that's how we keep it. Uh, we try to keep it balanced somehow. I got to skate. Go skateboarding day is Thursday. Um, but then if you're on the vein of every day is go skateboarding day, then this is no big deal for you. But it's kind of a cool day to get together. There's a bunch of different events wherever you're located. Uh, to go out, even go out and have a session with your friends and barbecue at the park or barbecue in someone's backyard or a session, a, a curb, whatever it might be. So I'd love to hear what you guys got to say. I got a bunch of cool stuff happening though. We're going to work on some remote shows, working out some details with the Los Angeles Chargers to do some remote shows there on a, on a period or a weekly or bi-monthly um, show for you. And want to throw in also maybe some pizza pizzanitsa. Head over to Long Beach and have a show from Solomon's uh, Awesome Pizzeria. And maybe some Ram stuff and USC stuff as well, plus a bunch of other things. So put time on, on me on Twitter. And uh, and I'm not speaking. What was that? What did I just say? I spoke in another language that I just made up. All right. And now, without further ado, I'm super excited to welcome filmer extraordinaire, Chicago Reared. He's the head of film the film department with the Barracks. He doesn't hide that he's a Bears fan either. Uh, he's looking for game day credentials and I put a little, little Instagram stories out there. We're going to, I got the phone numbers. We'll give those guys a call a little later. And uh, he just came back from London from street league. He squeezed us in. I'm super thankful. He's been moving. He was in London. He's got meetings today and his family's coming into town tomorrow, but I really want to welcome. Oh, and I I will say one more thing is that he has uh, been coined or compared to a Rolex in his filming. So a warm welcome to Chase Gabor. Wow, that was a very warm welcome. Thank you. Oh, no, thanks <laughs> so much. I know we've been trying to get you in for quite a while, and uh, I'm just really thankful, um, you know, that you could squeeze us in. I know you're a busy guy. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad it finally worked out. Yeah. Now, happy birthday. Um, Thank you. You know, we we have a birthday very close. Mine's the 25th, yours is the 26th. That's right. Happy birthday to you as well. Why, thank you. Um, and how was that birthday in London? Well, I saw the Rolling Stones live in London, so I can't really, uh, I can't really top it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a life hammer for sure. Now, what year was this for you? Dirty 30. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. And the, the whole Rolling Stones thing was just, somebody had mentioned it to me when I was down in the lobby of the hotel and it took me a second to process like, wait, the actual Rolling Stones are playing right next door tomorrow on my birthday. Obviously, I'm going to go. So I just bought two tickets, and then that was it. Found found someone to go with me and made it happen. Right. And who was that that special person? Or uh, do you not want to name that person? <laughs> uh, Chaz Ortiz. Our, our relationship is oh, pretty nice. open. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's good. It was a, it was a mandate. It was know? a mandate. That's yeah. nice. That's awesome. What an awesome birthday, Brad. Yeah. I, was, I heard a Stone song when I was driving up as well. It was like I blared it and was screaming it, you know, there out the you window, go. you know. <laughs> so uh, now music. Um, I obviously started off with Chicago Bears fight song. Um, what would be your walkout song or video part song? Ooh, walkout part as in as in walkout as a baseball player. Oh, I, I mean go, you are a Cubs fan as well. I have to right. think anybody. Okay, right. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, Cubs and uh, Bears. Cubs tattoo. and Bears tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to steal Stone Cold's uh, theme song where the glass breaks. That um, just because it's the most badass intro song ever. Okay. has nothing to do with sports, but it's awesome. No, no, but I mean, whatever <laughs> motivates you oh, or, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's those really corny, like for me, like different songs, like really touch my soul. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sort of almost embarrassed where it's like some songs, like I'll hear some cheesy, well, cheesy sports movie. And it's like that song will like kind of stay with me and gets me stoked. makes me smile. Yeah. Um, on a more, if it was a more serious choice, Maybe Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Okay, that's the the Trojans. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the Trojans. That one that one gets F-U-C-L-A. you pumped. F U C L A. All right. Well, here's um, a little birthday. Oh. Well, no, it's really it's oh, really not. You. But there's one thing in there you can open up. Well, you can open it up. It's okay. not really wrapped very. Um, I must apologize. It did not come no, during no. a birthday gift for you. No, no, it wasn't my dirty thirty. So, but wow. um, so I, you know. Oh my, it's a guitar with my name on it and my birthday and Barracks logos and Bears logos. And somehow it's already, it's rewrapped after that. Well, it's sort oh, of, it's, it's sort of jimmied. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I didn't even tape it back. Sorry. <laughs> I lost the tape. It's amazing. Uh, Thank you. So I'm sorry. I should have done the lettering of Chase a little differently. I struggled with the Barracks logo, which is really tough to do hand painting quickly on a good plastic guitar. No, this is great. It's, it's a very, you had a very small area to work with. So you did a really yeah. good job. Thank but I you. should have done the bubble letters for your, um, for your video your 10 year anniversary video. That was cool. I was like, darn, I should have done it like banging, you know, (laughs) but anyway, so it's there. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, let's, I mean, there's quite a few things. I mean, obviously I've wanted you on because you do also share the love for, for sports, um, and skateboarding. Mm -hmm. Um, let's being raised in Chicago, you are the middle child of five what was a normal Sunday then for you? Or was it a college football game or was it, I mean, I'm assuming now I'm, I don't know if that's the case or what happened. If you guys watched games together or, or how, how did that Chicago bears Cubs family thing go for you? Yeah. So, um, actually growing up, we didn't watch too many sports. We watched like the bigger events obviously, but, um, and like, you know, the bulls were winning all the time. So, you know, we would watch TV, but we didn't really know what we were witnessing at the time, you know, like it was like, oh yeah, the Bulls are playing, they're winning, like that's normal, you know? And then the Cubs just always suck. Never won. (laughs) (laughs) The Bears usually suck, but um, no, we actually, we didn't watch that much growing up. We watched baseball most. And then we just, we all loved baseball. We played baseball, um, one of five. So Sundays were baseball in the front yard or the backyard, hit the neighbor's window with a ball almost every single time. and that was probably like the, the best part of growing up uh, in a big family was doing that. Um, Position you played, I'm assuming with your physique, maybe pitcher? 
Shucks. No, no. I mean, no, I mean, you know, I. Um, I was a first baseman. Uh, usually second. Okay. Usually okay. second base. Yeah. Sometimes first, but so pretty good arm then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty accurate. Okay. It holds some strength. Okay. Um, yeah, and then um, over the years, you know, we all started skating and stopped doing every sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I didn't really even start really watching sports heavily until maybe, I mean, this is kind of a while ago now, but probably 15 years ago. Okay. So like when I was like 15, 16 is when I really like, I was like, wow, I really love watching football. I really love watching baseball. Um, and I definitely watch it a lot more than my siblings and care a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's long long story of uh, how that evolved. <laughs> no, it's cool. Uh, now, and you mentioned then you kind of stopped and um, started skating. What was your first setup? First setup was a black label, the, ele uh, the elephant. Okay. It was like the Lucero's. black. Yeah. Yeah. It was the black uh, uh, board with the yellow elephant, tensor trucks. Eight and uh, a quarter? Probably smaller than that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had, I remember I had Lucky Hardware. I designed the whole thing on CCS.com. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was like a birthday present. We had some board in the garage that I, out of all of us, I was the first one like try to learn. And I remember I was trying, like I would sneak out there in the driveway. The driver, driver was a slight downhill. I would try to make it to the grass, like off to the side and I'd fail and fail. And then I remember one day I was like, all right, I'm going all the way down. And then I did it. And then like my brothers came outside and we all started doing it. And that's really like how it all started. We all um, got boards for Christmas and yeah. Rad. Yeah. So then this was birthday, another birthday present. So Rolling Stones in London on your 30th. Um, you're, how old were you for this birthday? Oh, well this was Christmas. Or, oh, pardon me, Christmas, okay. Um, that, okay, so it wasn't was, birthday. I was thinking birthday for some reason. Yeah, maybe I said that. Um, I just want to say we were like, I was like maybe 13, something okay. like that. It's over 13 probably. Yeah. Okay, and so now let me chronologically get this. So 13 to 17, you had already, I mean, by the time you were 17, you'd kind of decided you wanted to do Thrive, which uh, was this amazing uh, video you did, a kind of a, a homage to Chicago skaters, not affiliated with any board or shop, but had you had kind of backing from Jarek's uh, or association with Jarek's skateboard skate skate shop. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know um, that's a pretty fast timeline. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we started, and then um, there was like the the really cool skater kids in our town had made a video. And we wanted to be like them, you know? Um, so my mom had the video camera, she had the equipment and like, she would do like wedding videos and stuff. Uh -huh. So she let me use her camera to film, film each other. And um, kind of over, uh, over the years, I got more and more um, interested in the, uh, uh, the film side of it um, and started like, you know, we would skate all day, film stuff and then I was more excited to get home and try to mess with the footage. So we put the, we put the video together. It was like super over edited, you know, like every single- Every single transition. Yeah, you could add. <laughs> and like, to me, that was like, look how good I am at this. Um, I think that's the, I think that's everybody's first first time with Final Cut or any editing right. software is you you want to use every yeah. transition there is because that makes you think, and then you look back and you're like, wow, that was really good. Like, I'm so good I, I can myself. use every transition. <laughs> 
Um, and then, so after that one, uh, did you use the page one too? Oh, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like every single clip every single was clip a transition. Yeah. Pretty, the pretty standard first video. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I was like, I wanted to get more serious with it. So I chose like the better dudes around town and then mixed with some of the kids from the cool kid video. Mm -hmm. Cause now we had like gained the respects, you know, with my transitions. Uh -huh. And um, <laughs> so we combined forces and made a video that was like a big deal around like, you know, just the, the close surrounding areas. Um, so that gained the attention then. Um, so I guess these are all like a year and a half spans. Um, and then Jarek Skate Shop was like, hey, do you want to do our video? We've always wanted to do one, never had someone to do it. And like, this was like a dream come true for me um, because, you know, Jarek's was like the coolest thing out, you know, and like we always looked up to those dudes. Um, so did that video, that was another year and a half or whatever. And then that's when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do as a career. Um, and I knew in order for that to happen, I had to move out to California. Um, so I was, I mean, I was that like from that moment on of realizing that's what I want to do, like it was happening. So I knew that no matter how good I could film or edit, mm -hmm. people just want to see good skating. So. I gathered kind of like when Transworld used to do their videos, they would take like six dudes from random companies. And I kind of took that format and I was like, okay. I was going to ask if there was any, I, I want, I was trying to remember which Transworld, um, because it did, it premiered, it premiered the AMs as well. A lot of those Transworld videos. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. That's how a lot of guys. <laughs> like 16, I mean, 16 again was before your era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, but um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, so I, I totally stole their format. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm going to get the, the five or six best dudes in the Chicagoland area. Um, and we're going to put together a video. And um, that's what we did. So um, the, I guess the grand, the grand goal of it all was not only, like, make the best possible thing that I could, um, but it was to make money to move out to California and try to pursue my dreams. So, so now money is mentioned in this because that was how you were going to get out. How did this monetize for you? I mean, did uh, Jarek's work with you or give you, cause I know you also have kind of stipulated that it wasn't no board, no, you know, there was no sort of brand attachment to this video. Mm -hmm. Did Jarek's help you out then with that? Or, um, so or am I asking too many personal questions on the, <laughs> the financing of this? No, no, no. <clears throat> um, so Jarek's helped me out with some of the production, um, like the premiere and stuff like that, I believe. I like put their logo on and whatnot. But um, so there was this rule or law I had been told of. I, I didn't even look any further into it than just my buddy who makes video told me about it. He said, you can make 500 copies before you need licensing to music. Like I said, I never looked, I asked, he told me that I said, okay, fine, I'll make 500 copies. So my goal was sell 400 and then bring a hundred out to California and disperse them to everyone I meet. And we sold the 400 like, like immediately. So um, then it was like, all right, I'm gonna go to California. Mom will be back in a few months, gonna try to meet some people and then, uh, yeah, met some people out here and got my job in, I think, three weeks or a month and been there ever since. Which is... Mom, I'm not coming back. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, and I, you know, I'm looking at your sort of the timeline and it's like really miraculous, yeah. uh, especially 2008, um, 2009, skateboarding really struggled. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, 
my husband and I felt it a lot. The magazines felt it a lot. Um, I mean, I know, and it always has shifts, but like for you to kind of come in at that time, so young, um, it's really, I mean, who, who inspired you or, or how did you, I mean, was there more thought process in this or was it just simply organically? This this is how it was going to happen. Um, I kind of just like had some, I mean, I had filmers who inspired me, but I just, you know, I looked up to how they filmed and edited, but as far as like making that dream happen, I just, I can't explain. Like I had so much drive that like, to me, it wasn't like a gamble. It wasn't like, it's not going to happen. It was like, it's going to happen. And I just made sure it happened. (laughs) Um, I need you to touch me then for (laughs) that. Share some of that stuff. (laughs) I I remember thinking like, I was like, all right, well, I like, I want to film with like Costin. Like I really like Reynolds. I like, I want to film with like all my favorite dudes, Jamie Thomas, but I don't want to like, so I can't be set with just a company. So I was like, what am I going to have to get a job at 411? Like, how am I going to do this? And then 411 was no more. (laughs) (laughs) And then luckily the barracks thing happened. I was like, oh, all of these pros come here and it's not just one team. So I was like, all right, this is like the, this is the exact thing I was looking for. So it worked out really nicely. No, it's, it's really right. I mean, in fact, you, you've been working with cost in the last few days, or at least the the footage has been coming out the last few days. Mm -hmm. Um, What's it like? What was that sort of aha moment when you came out here? I mean, you had a different perspective though, because you knew you were coming, you knew it was going to happen. You had that sort of how you walk through a trick, you know, like I know Brian Anderson would say it in some of the old videos and uh, that he would visualize it or, you know, or maybe he told me he would visualize the trick before he did it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you did with your, with what you are doing. You knew that you were going to do it and how it happened wasn't really in important but it was going to happen yeah yeah and i mean i definitely didn't assume it would be like in a private warehouse in la you know like i figured i'd be making street videos of them um but it was just like and i to me like i really like the appeal of i stay there and everyone comes to me especially in la traffic as as you know yeah (laughs) um so because you know a lot of people like oh doesn't it get boring filming there and i'm like well no because it's a new a different pro every day. Like your favorite pro is coming through the door every day. And like, they've got a whole bag of tricks and yeah. specialties that they do that you can know that they're going to hit these certain things, yeah. the wall jam over here or, yeah. or the, I mean, that's cool. And I get to kick back and they come to me. <laughs> that's nice. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Chase Gabor. You can follow him at chasing Gabor on Instagram. That's the best way. I don't see, I didn't see you on Twitter. Yeah. Just, okay, Instagram, just yeah. Instagram. He's only got 99,000 followers or something like that. So, um, now we're also working on getting uh, getting you credentialed for uh, Chicago Bears. Let's do so it. we'll maybe have to call afterwards. I was going to try to set up a call. I, I didn't get through. I called the guy's <laughs> cell phone, but he didn't answer. Oh. <laughs> so I did try. You got to call the McCaskies. Go straight to the source. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> then maybe we need to talk to your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, okay, I've got a... Um, okay, so this is from Marissa Del Santos. I can't really recall a specific story but he was definitely the first serious skater, skate filmer I've ever known. Anyone can point a camera and press a button, but he had a really unique eye for angles and color and how he'd tie it, everything together when editing was really creative and much different from anything else I recall around that time. Oh, thank you, Marissa. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I really tried to, I, I knew like I wanted Strive to be like my masterpiece. So no matter how much, and I wanted to just be as happy about it as possible. 
So no matter what trick or what the situation was, you know, if it was taking three hours or if whatever, we got in an accident before and we were just, you know, any crazy story or any reason that you might want to just get lazy and, you know, set up a tripod and film a trick. I knew in the end when I was sitting at home editing, I'd be really bummed that I didn't give it my all. So I like set the mantra, like, do not get lazy on any trick because every single frame is going to matter for this thing. Um, if I want to accomplish my goal. So I just tried to, with every trick and every spot, I tried to think, okay, how would anybody film this? I'm going to not film it that way. So that way it would like stand out, you know? Um, and a big thing with strive was transitions. So I would try to figure out where that trick was going to lay in the part and s figure out how I could have it transition into the next clip. So throughout the whole process, I knew like exactly what everyone was working with. So maybe like, say I panned the darkness or something. And then the next clip we film, I would pan from darkness. So it was just like this kind of like, it felt like the whole skate video was like moving together. That's what I tried to achieve. So you're producing it essentially as well. I mean, you know, like, um, you know, making, having that vision before you went out, did you do storyboards or was this just all mental? Um, no storyboards, just basically, um, just keeping the timeline, you know, keeping the timeline and trying to, um, remember what tricks are where and just how I can make everything kind of flow seamlessly. What are your strongest assets you think as a filmmaker? I think the strongest asset would be just kind of my mentality. Um, that's kind of what set me apart. I realized early on was just, I don't know, like my, my um, work ethic was different than a lot of the guys. And I didn't realize I had a quote unquote, I didn't realize I was a hard worker until everyone was telling me. And I was like, this just seems normal, you know? And then um, pretty soon everybody was like, dude, you're the hardest working dude, the hardest working dude. And I was like, oh, I thought everyone did this. So, but I think that was the, the quality that, you know, essentially set me apart. Kurt Hayashi, I hit up, um, said, I don't really know him really, but I do know he is a hard worker <laughs> and a great videographer. Oh, thanks, um, Jared Lucas. Best fish eye in the biz. Ooh, I got to agree. Uh-huh. I got to <laughs> agree. I like it. I'll agree. Uh, you know, you talk about this work ethic. Where did that come from? Like, who who taught that to you? Was that something you were raised with, with your family, or? Um, oh, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. That's a half a sneeze, though. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I don't really know, but my I'm one of five, and um, my dad always worked really hard, and... We never had money. Um, so I think just seeing that struggle over all the years, you know, it was never like, there was never um, comfortability with money. Um, so I think maybe it just derived from that, you know? And then uh, my, my grandpa too is a very hard worker. So I guess that's where it happened. I don't know. And maybe just like knowing that like it wasn't going to be easy to accomplish my goals. So Yeah, no. And now uh, slams, like I... <coughs> As a photographer, I've gotten a lot, you know, I remember this one article, Atiba said he would let his camera take the hit. I have never felt that way because I wouldn't be able to replace it. Yeah. Um, but I know that like, we were all in England, I think it was 99 um, in Ham Northampton for a contest and uh, it was like a best trick. Um, Ryan Johnson was doing tray flips and it was tray flip to my temple. Ooh. 
Um, and like Jeff Raleigh ran over to me, everyone kind of ran over to me and I was like, no, I'm standing up here. I, I got it. I got to take it. Cause like, I'm the only girl doesn't, I mean, I'm one of the guys. And so I did, I stood up there for a while, um, and continued to film, you know, and, and obviously boards have hit me and I've, you know, been landed on and had concussions. And I mean, I think that what, what are some of the worst things that have happened for you? <laughs> Those are the three that I think <laughs> of, you know, Aaron, my husband landing on me because some stupid little kid dropped in on the other end Oof. and I was laying on my back to get a shot and, uh, I had no place to go and Aaron had no place to go. Just had a bell right and in yeah, and I had a concussion from that, but, um, that temple, uh, Ryan, Ryan Johnson has a pretty fast um, tray, tray. Yeah, it was gnarly. It was so straight to the temple. Straight to the temple. Uh, well, based off of those experiences, I would say I think you've had it worse. Does <laughs> that make me bad? Yeah. Then? <laughs> no. Um, I um, I've taken a couple to the temple. Oh, I've taken three to the temple or to the head. Get this: two are Greg Lutzka, and one was Chris Cole. Um, and those are just the ones that are like filming fisheye and it just happens so fast that maybe you try to get the camera out of the way and your, and your head hits first or, or just happens too fast. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, in those moments I'm like, okay, this dude has been falling for the last hour. What am I going to do? Like say, Hey, I'm hurt. I'm done. I just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then just kind of like shake it off and see stars for a little bit, you know, and then play cool. Um, I think, like as far as falling for me, there was a running gun. I was filming Luan, um, my board, because <clears throat> I have to kind of focus on what he's doing during the line. So I don't really get to see where I'm going, but I set up the ramps and stuff to where like I could kind of feel where I needed to go. Um, and I felt wrong and my, my truck grinded down the side of the ramp and I tumbled all the way down from the five stair platform and then down the bank and it looked really bad but it wasn't that bad it was actually just kind of scary but in the end it like wasn't painful but yeah that's probably my worst did, now did that footage end up in like transitions <laughs> uh that, yeah that, that footage was um it, it was it, it was going around during uh, the running gun yeah uh -huh. yeah oh man <laughs> now um you had you know you came out with how you kind of really kickstarted or I don't know kickstart maybe isn't or your premiere out into the skate world was with thrive um what, 33 34 minutes I think 30 something minutes um more of a feature um what you do now is is more rapid pieces what do you prefer I mean obviously different mindset with your going in and producing or filming and producing something smaller. It's there's sort of formula and also for a larger, but there's so much more time. Right. Um, it's hard to say what I prefer, but what I think is practical and what makes sense now is the more rapid. I mean, it's just the way it is now and there's nothing you could really do about it. Um, so I guess my version of that would be like the battle commanders and the recruits, the, you know, the, the pieces that take three to six months, um, you know, and we, we try to theme those and still have a feel to it like it is maybe part, you know, like it's part of a, a bigger video. Um, but the other like rapid, smaller, like two minute videos, those are also just really fun. And I mean, honestly, like I have a video coming out every single day, so it makes me feel like I'm staying relevant. Whereas if you don't put something out for a couple of years, you might start to feel like you're getting forgotten about. So, um, 
I definitely like the aspect of like always kind of having my videos in the eye. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't try to, um, I try to keep the quality up from all, you know, I don't slack on any of them. So I feel like if you happen to only see two out of five, you still get a pretty good representation of what I'm capable of as a filmmaker. So, um, I can't say which I prefer, but I definitely think that the more rapid uh, pieces are make a lot more sense nowadays. Okay. And then as <clears throat> you're a little bit younger, again, <laughs> everyone <laughs> is, but, um, you know, like I, I just always know how much I looked forward to, and we mentioned the trans world, you know, um, their, their annual video that they would come out with that Ty would do or John Holland or, um, you know, and these different, you know, and I think, the most recent I've seen um, have been two, and it was, you know, Birdhouse's Saturdays, which was awesome. Um, but I looked forward to those video premieres, and it's so changed now with, with social media and with budgets and with everything. But I still feel that there is still a need to have those kind of videos, but it's it's tough. I mean, I think Tony funded the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's like everybody looks forward to them and loves them. And I, I mean, me the same. Like, I can't wait. I just don't really want to be the one doing it because I don't, um, it just doesn't, it's just not practical anymore with social media and everything and everything's now, now, now. And, you know, Clive Dixon put out that amazing part. Oh, yeah. Insane. I mean, and then two weeks later, he not only knows once El Toro, you know, he knows one and it's like, and that's talked about just as much as the full part. So it's like, you have to start to weigh. It's like full part was just as good as, not just as good. El Toro. But I mean, that's horrible. You know, as far as like being talked about, it was, you know, comparable. So, you know, when you start to think about putting your body on the line for 50 tricks versus one, you know, like, unfortunately, that's kind of the way it is, you know, I think now. Um, like, not that I agree with it, but I just think it's like, it's the way it is. <laughs> Everything cycles, though. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just like, you know, film photography, it's like now people more and more kids that are were a lot younger are like buying like film cameras and shooting analog film and and I think a lot of some of the filmmakers as well um so I I have hope yeah that it will you know because I think that there is a part for it but it doesn't like you're saying it doesn't make sense you've got to make it's got to make sense financially as well mm -hmm. that's you know and yeah. then the other thing is you know like uh, Jeff Grosser was in the studio last week and Jeff did this amazing video with um Buddy and with um Charno for Vans, kind of a, an offshoot of his um, love letters to skateboarding, but it was on Tony Alva. And so it was like a 30 minute piece. It was really fabulous, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I, I personally like those. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I love them when they come out, but. Uh, it is, it's rare, it's yeah. so rare. I feel like what's sad, it reminds me of like this whole generation is missing out on that. Right. Okay. You know, just like they're missing out on backyard ramps mm -hmm. that they built. Yeah. not have somebody come in and build it that they actually put the sweat i don't know if you have though i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm uh, <laughs> really dating myself here but that <laughs> for me was like you know if you wanted to skate like blockhead if i wanted to skate blockhead i mean i gonna work on it yeah. if i wanted to skate this ramp i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sweep i'm gonna i'll put it in the flat bottom pieces because i don't have enough weight to to hit the um the transition walls um, I'll dig the deep end if or the shallow end, whatever. I'll do whatever is needed. I'll pick up, I'll sweep, like I said, but I'm going to do my part because I want to skate it. Right. Nowadays, everyone has the, they have their skate park to go to or the parents buy them a, a ramp or a bowl for mm -hmm. their yard. 
So yeah, I mean, we we grew up fortunately a skate park right as we started skating. A skate park was um, built, so we had that, um, which was we would go there three times a day. <laughs> um, and as far as like the videos, yeah, I mean, we would get a video and we would watch it every single day, or we go to the skate shop and just watch it over and over and over. Like, God, the misled youth, and yeah. like I've probably seen misled youth like a thousand times, and same all those videos. Um, I was going to ask Jamie for a quote from you, and I, I it was just too late. So I thought, you know, I didn't realize it was, just, it was yeah. kind of a... Yeah, that was the first video I ever saw. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, we grew up like, we could tell you like what song was going to, or what trick was going to hit at that certain part of the song. Um, we knew like, yeah, we could name the entire list of tricks in a row in somebody's part, or how many tricks they did, or how many stairs, like what spot it was yeah yeah no. we we studied it and it, it is unfortunate that like this generation is missing out on that because that was like that was the thing to do meet up at Jarek's at 11 o'clock we're gonna watch two skate videos go skate come back watch two more go skate and that's all we did that's cool yeah now the music and parts is always really important and we kind of touched on that for me uh, for a little bit earlier um now let's um we'll shift gears a little bit here um, well, actually, I'm going to ask you one more question with filming. Uh, well, not just one more, but one more right now is, you know, you came here. I was because I was going to ask what your aha moment was or video part. I mean, this demo, it, I mean, it happened so rapidly for you. I think, I mean, three weeks you had a job with the barracks mm -hmm. after getting out to California. But who was, who were the first sort of people that you were like, whoa, yeah, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I got to go pee before I shoot him or I mean, who were those first few guys? And obviously there's been probably a lot, but I mean, the first ones kind of when you moved out here. Right. Um, well, when I first moved out here, um, so I, we came out, came out with my buddy Kyle Turbush and we didn't know anybody. And I was like, dude, I was like, John Dixon lives in somewhere in California. He's from Chicago. We had never yeah, met I, him. Yeah, I tried to reach John as well. Okay, you didn't know him. Okay. He, he <laughs> nobody in Chicago ever saw John actually skate. He was like this mystical character. You saw photos of, you heard rumors, but nobody ever actually saw him skate, which is pretty epic. Wow. So I found him That's on- That's like legends kind yeah. of stuff. So I found him on MySpace and I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey dude, uh, I know you're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago too. We're out in California. Do you want to meet up and skate sometime? He got back to me and that first week I met up with him and Chris Gregson and then it was like David Loy and like Riley Hawk and like all these other dudes. And like that alone was like, it's like, oh my God, like Tony Hawk's son, like this is crazy. And Kyle Walker, or uh, not Kyle Walker, but uh, um, Clinton Walker. Clint Walker. Was he there? Uh, well, only I was thinking David Loy, that posse around uh, that time. He could have been. Yeah, the first, it was like that first weekend we went to San Diego and there was like 15 dudes and like everybody was so much better than anyone I'd seen skate before. It was crazy. Um, so that was kind of my my first moment was that. It was like, wow, David Loy, Riley Hawk, like they're actually in skate videos and like they're here now. Um, and I was like, wow, I could get a, a clip of a pro skater in my first week here. That'd be crazy. I had like never really met a pro before, you know. Um, and then as far, and then when it re that really intensified was after uh, working at the barracks. I mean, probably meeting Steve for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, he was always one of my favorites. And uh the first time I met him was I was about to leave the park after filming. I was helping out uh, Cody Green because uh -huh. um, he was there before me. And it was kind of like he, Cody knew I had moved out to California. 
and the real team yeah the real team black label and real were like the same time so i kind of get that one confused i think it was the real team was in town he needed help filming them so i was like yeah dude absolutely like that was like kind of like a that was like the first kind of breakthrough moment but i didn't think it was going to go any further than that so quickly i was like oh that was a cool experience whatever mm -hmm. so i'm about to leave and then um this dude like leans over my car window and he's like and it's Steve and he starts telling me like how like he wants to make sure we get a lot of lifestyle shots and try to grab their, their personality and stuff and I'm just like okay okay and I, I remember I spent all night trying to like figure out in my head like how I could like do this as best as possible and try to like you know figure out exactly what he wanted uh -huh. um, so that was pretty cool and then yeah I mean other than that you know your Jamie's your Reynolds Muska we grew up on Tony Hawk Pro Skater so all those dudes were like the dudes Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. First time you got to skate with someone like that. Was that, how was that for you? Yeah, I would say it'd probably be costing. Mm -hmm. um, but it, what's crazy is, I mean, at those times, like there was no Beebles Park. There was no all these other skate parks. So every single day, like it wasn't just costing. It was like, you know. Mike Moe. Costin, Mike Moe, Mike Carroll, Rick Howard, Heath Kircher, Chico Brennan. like literally like. It would be 30 chocolate and girl team in yeah. everyday demos. Yeah. yeah. Mixed with like Alien Workshop, like um, Mikey Taylor, Dylan, like those dudes, Ave, they would come every single day. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I would go into the park and like, oh, there's Eric Ellington. Like, that's amazing. I'm going to go, like, go text everyone. It was like, hey, everybody from Baker's here and like everyone <laughs> from Girls here. And like, so I was just like, I remember because I was 19 and I remember like, I didn't want to show them that I wasn't supposed to be there. So remember, I, I didn't want anybody to know my age and I didn't like want to come off as nervous or like excited to see them. So I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, nice, nice to meet you. You know, and, like made sure I didn't show anything, you know, cause I didn't want them to feel like, Oh, he's not supposed to be here. Um, so I tried really hard to play it cool. Um, probably my biggest internal fan out moment was probably meeting Jamie for the first time, but I've told him that many times. I'm like, dude, I fucking loved you. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. No. I mean, I. Um, it's just kind of cool because yeah, I don't I don't fan out over anybody yeah. like. Uh, but I know like skating, skating with cab like this mini ramp and San Jose, um, was cool. Like I remember thinking that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know and. Um, just different things, you know, or, you know, shooting. But for me, my, like, what was going to make me feel like I had made it as a photographer was that I would go on tour with the girl team. Yeah. So, because that was, that was for me at that time, that was, that was like, yeah, you made it. Yeah. You're their top level. You know, um, and so, and that never happened. It wasn't going to because the team was there, you know <laughs> what I mean? But that was sort of always what I, you know, I aspired to, you yeah. know, is have my husband drop me off at the airport. You know, no, I'm going on tour with the girl guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't happen. But, um, you know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I think a lot of my more, like, moments where I really was, like, kind of tripping out was anytime, like, we'd go to dinner after something. And I'd be like, I'm at dinner with Mike Moe. Or, like, like I'm at dinner with Mark Alpiard right now. Like, this is, like, one-on-one. -on -one. Like, this is, this is crazy. The, to me, those were more, like, and like, am I friends with Mark Alpiard? Like, those are the ones that really like uh, shocked me more, I guess. Yeah. So. That's cool. 
Yes. And going to Hooters with Costin the other day was kind of not trip, Applebee's. Kind of trippy. Yeah, going to Hooters. <laughs> I know I saw that. I was gonna. Well, who won the best response on that? Did you already nominate somebody or give somebody the prize on that? For the uh, best, uh, I think uh, caption this. Didn't uh, you have a caption this yeah, on the Hooters yeah. girls? But like, yeah, somebody awesome. somebody said, "Give me my effing wallet now," which is the quote <laughs> from Yeah Right. And I didn't choose that as the winner, but it got like. 30 likes or something from other people. So oh. it's, yeah, it's, it's the winner. Okay. All right. <laughs> Who, who's your winner? Oh man, there was a lot of comments on that one. Um, or I guess which one's kind of hit I, for me I, to remember. I think, I think one of them was giving, give me my effing hot wings. Now that one was my favorite. <laughs> Rad. Okay. Um, and we're going to shift to a little bit. Well, first of all, I also want to let you know that we want to recruit you. Uh, to be in our uh, Beat the Outsiders show. Oh, wow. Um, you know, that is if you can handle more gifts than you've ever seen in your life. I think I could. I mean, um, I just moved into a studio, so we'll uh, have to find I mean, the space. It's, it's, but. Yeah, like the gift thing was like, wow, these are all guys and I'm getting gifts. I've never gotten gifts and text messages like this before. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, leave my phone uh, for about 10 minutes on Sundays and would have 74 text messages. Nice. Makes you feel good, though. Yeah, it does. I'm like, oh, my God, are you freaking kidding me? Screenshot that. Um, yeah. Um, there is. I was trying to get Sal Barbier to get some, you know, give you an invitation. He didn't get back to me. I'm like, Sal, come on. We want to recruit this guy. Come on. Give me some <laughs> smack talk. He's an NFC. He's an NFC guy. Because uh, because Sal Barbier is obviously New Orleans Saints. Oh, I didn't Steve know Steve Oh, from Louisiana. He is gnarly. He is an LSU no fan as well. Yes, he, he would. He would help coach if he could. Yeah. Um, he, I, you know. Wow. Yeah. He loves Drew Brees. And then uh, Steve Olson is Vikings fan. He was raised in Minnesota. <sighs> big Vikings <sighs> fan. Uh, Kenny Hughes now would be one to, would be tough because Kenny's a little brass on the text. He gets mad. Aggressive. Aggressive. Yes. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. He gets aggressive and his feelings get hurt sometimes. And so he, he's, he's a Cowboys fan. So that, that's kind of why. Okay. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Pat, uh, Rob Welsh, um, will pull his big Patriots fan and he pulls his interesting Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it, rings out yeah. in, as well. See, I'm like an easy target cause the bears just don't win, but it also makes it funner to talk smack just because <laughs> it's like, it is what, a are lot of say, smack talk. what are you going to say? What are you going to say back to me that I don't already know? Yes. It's Sunday. Yes. We're going to lose, but it'll still be fun to watch. Yes. Okay, cool. Win or lose, we still booze. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're trying to work on it, like maybe as a TV show even, or a video show. Um, but, well, you know, it will be, I will definitely keep you in the mix. Hopefully yeah. we can get you in a part of this. I mean, there's m many more. Uh, Vinny Pawnee is involved as well. He's raised a New York Giant, but he goes with New York Giants or with Jets. Chris Pastris is Green Bay Packers now, Jets and Rams because... <sighs> His wife, or his, you know, Gina is from Wisconsin, so he's become a Green Bay fan. He okay. was raised okay, a Jets fan, okay. and he lives in Los Angeles, so he's a Rams fan as well. Uh, Packy, Fancher, and uh, Lance Dawes are big Redskins fans. Okay. And okay. I'm trying to think who else. And then Chris Ray was in it, and Chris had to, like, block us all because he was going to Europe and couldn't handle taking all the texts while he was <laughs> on tour. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love when I meet other dudes in skateboarding who are, like, openly fans of football because like growing up for me, like, you know, once I like realized, like, I really like this and it was like, you couldn't talk about it. Like you, if you like skating, you only like skating and not team sports. And then I met some dudes, you know, who like loved it just as me. And I'm like, all right, 
good. Like, good for you. Like, you know, we're loud and proud. Um, yeah. No, and that's kind of, well, because I got into it. I hated it when I was growing up. I was raised going to the games, going to USC games. So we need the roster. And it was, this was, and I will really date myself. I was really young, but we know it was John McCara, John Robinson era at USC. So it was Charles White, uh, Ricky Bell, Marcus Allen, Ronnie Lott, um, oh God, uh, Vince Evans. Um, I mean, there was some amazing USC football at that era and they continue to play in the NFL. Um, now, I hated them in high school because they threw food at me. I was a punk. <laughs> and so all the football players hated me. So, and then I think I got sick and I started watching the playoffs again. I got totally pulled right into it. And I was at the trade show, I think. And it, like it was ASR back then mm-hmm. at ASR. And it was like early 2000s, 2001, 2002 maybe. And there was playoffs going on at the bar. Everyone was cross street. And it was Rob Welsh, Stevie Williams, Greg Carroll, a bunch of, bunch of guys there. Um, I just remember like rooting for another team that was in the NFC East. Didn't And Stevie Williams looked at me like he was going to kill me. Because and they weren't, <laughs> Eagles weren't even playing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's- <laughs> It was funny. Thank you. Okay, so uh, now bears have a history, though. So let's—I you didn't really, really, really weren't raised with the history of Soldier Field since 1920. Yeah, my nine NFC championships, one Super Bowl ring, three appearances. Right? No, nine appearances. The one I remember the most is the most recent one. Well, actually, obviously, there's the '85 Bears. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the most recent one was when Hester ran it back on the opening play. Ninety-two yards for that, a touchdown yeah. return. Yeah. yeah, that was like, oh, we we have this one game over. But oh. you had Rex Grossman as your quarterback. Yeah, and it was all downhill from there. I bet you had the best defense in the world, Brad Erle- or uh, Brian Erlacher, Charles Dillman, Tillman, and Lance Briggs. Yeah. I mean, the front three there was gnarly. Yeah, those were good times. That was when I watched the Bears game and knew we were going to win. Now that's a very uh, different feeling, but. Yeah, those, and so that was like, I would say maybe a few years before that. So like when I really got into it, and then that year was like, that's when we got like super into it. You got pulled back in. Yeah, Yeah, like (laughs) that that was good times. That's when it became like, um, it's Sunday, like I'm not missing football. Now, do you not miss football only the Chicago game, or do you watch all of it? I watch all of it. Okay, I do as well. (laughs) Okay, because I have a... Yeah. I'm very antisocial during football season. Yeah, no. My my schedule as a filmer is like the opposite of a normal filmer. Where like the <laughs> the weekends are the hot spots. I'm like, don't text me anything about skateboarding or call me. Like I do it all week. This is it's football. College football Saturday, Sunday is NFL. No, that's how my day is in so, Thursday night football. And, and then Wednesday I watched inside the NFL. Yeah. and uh, Monday Night Football. And then I worked on a high school football show, which was my Friday nights. It was really yeah. bad for a while. And then SVP every night on Sports Center. Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, it's it's bad. sort of a disease. I have football Tourette's, I think. <laughs> like, uh, I in, in, yeah, you can't stop me. Now, Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator for Kansas City, mm-hmm. was with the Eagles, played one year with the Eagles on the practice squad. He was played arena football, but new head coach of Chicago right now. Um... A lot of new things going on right now, but you guys kind of have good. I mean, I think uh, what is it, Trubinsky? Wait, Trubinsky yeah, yeah. is uh, is going to be good. Yeah, they have really high hopes for him. Um, I I feel like I felt good about his performance last year. Um, it was just it seemed like unexperienced really showed, 
Um, but with having um, Nagy come in, I feel like he he did a really good job in Kansas City um, with um, with Alex with Smith, yeah, Alex Smith. So I feel like I feel like he's the right dude for the job. Um, well, there, and he's a quarterback. He's a former quarterback as well. Yeah, and uh, and our defense wasn't too bad last year. You know, it showed some improvements, and we got some new guys in the um, in the draft. So. I feel like what we really needed to work on was our offense and having those two dudes work together. And we got some new wide receivers too. Um, I, I hate to say this, and I actually do say this every offseason, but I, I have <laughs> <Optimistic>. hope. <laughs> I have hope. That usually comes back around to bite me in the butt. But, yeah, I'm excited to see. Well, you, you should have hope. I mean, the Chicago Cubs. Oh, yeah. I mean, pulled it off. That was, a, that was an insane time. Yeah, we um, we didn't miss any game, and all the games started at five. So this was like the first. That was my first time that I like in ten years was really like slipping up from work. It was like sneaking out the back at four <laughs> o'clock to watch the game at five. Um, but we, um, me and my brother and my best friend, um, we all lived in Huntington at the time, and um, we found that if we all watched the game on the couch together. With a DiGiorno and a six-pack, the Cubs would win. Okay. You know, I love these. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, so during the whole playoffs in the World Series, it was like, wow, my stomach really hurts. This is not healthy. But <laughs> we need the Cubs to win. Um, yeah, so it worked out. And then, yeah, it was an insane World Series. That was that was amazing. I mean, the Indians. Coaster. No, and I and I felt bad for the Indians uh, for Cleveland after. I mean, then I mean because it. You couldn't have you couldn't have wished for it to be better than yeah. it was. A, a Extra horrible, innings. <laughs> so gnarly to lose that that series. I think, but uh, so exciting for the. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I mean, then that was like, okay, next year they have to, and then they didn't. But you know, yeah. it honestly it got so mentally exhausting that like come game seven, I was like, <laughs> I don't care who wins, I just want it to be over. And like to have a rain delay, go ten innings, like. Oh, oh my god. god! No, I know. I mean, they could not have. I mean, as far as TV ratings, I don't think they could have asked for a better series yeah yeah we um once they won and like you know i had the harry carey commercial on tv and all that, like it was crazy we were all like almost in tears like we never thought we'd see that that was that was a good time that's really cool i like and now did everyone have to sit in the same spot you said the giorno and the beer was there a specific beer you mentioned uh, as well pacifico oh pacifico yeah. okay well, somebody Mexican, brought Mo okay. somebody brought modelo one time and we lost so. oh okay yeah. And yeah, those are like those are like a good watching sports beers. Not too heavy, not too light, you know. So okay, but yeah. Um, and so I think it was me on the left, my best friend in the middle, and then my brother on the right. Yeah, and we all planned to go to Chicago for the World Series if they made it, but none of us wanted to risk it, so we didn't. Because you didn't want to jinx them. Yeah, so we watched on the couch. Oh, I know it's so crazy. Uh, my mom will get booted out like. Um, for SC games, like I really? now we don't want go to the games together anymore. We did Cardinal and Gold all growing up, and then, but now on Saturdays, like I have to call for touchdowns. Like that's my, I can't not call unless there's a touchdown. Yeah, and unless things are really tough, which they were for USC for a few years. So I had to, I was calling on field goals, but um, my mom will be demoted. Like if SC gets scores a touchdown and my mom's in the kitchen, she'll have to stay in the kitchen. If they, if they get a pick and my mom's sitting on the couch, she has to leave the room 
So like my mom is the one, you yeah, know. She, yeah, she decides. She's, the yeah, like the well, she's yeah. My mom and my sister and my dad kick her out or make her stay, and yeah. so. I get it. I mean, like the Cubs can thank us for the World Series win. Yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I have another girlfriend in New York who like will shift. She like turn her her jerseys inside out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Now and Devin Hester, is that what the jersey you wear? 24? Uh, um, Isn't it 24? 20, 23. Oh, um, I was thinking 24. For, I thought it was 23. I couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, I have a few. I have all my jerseys are actually old. Um, but uh, I have uh, Hester and I have a Brandon Marshall. Okay. I was going to ask it. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Nike actually made me like a custom like on field jersey with my last name on it. Um, and I think that's that's actually 34. That's That's Walter Payton's number. Okay. Which I was like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do that, but it would be cool. But yeah, that was pretty cool because uh, after the first year of Street League and I was rocking the jersey, he was like, dude, we're going to make you a custom jersey, like on field. I was like, all right, sick. And he brought it. <laughs> and it said Gabor on the back. And it was like, you know, it's like the actual yeah, racing. Yeah, no, heaven. NFL uh, quality. Yeah, totally. NFL quality, yeah. So sick. Pretty cool. That's rad. I have another quote for you I'm going to throw in there. Um, it's not, my timing is not right. Good. But, uh, Chase Gabor is like the Rolex watch of skateboard cinematographers. His filming is always of the most precise standard and impeccable quality. Plus there's that prestige element about him as he's being, as he's been behind the lens of nearly every A-list pro skateboarder of the past decade. He operates like clockwork and is hundred percent trusted by all the greatest names in skateboarding, no matter how lady he may be. He had been at the bar the night before. Joey Shigeo. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little out of context with the Chicago stuff, but I'm like, oh, I got to no, throw in great. Joey's because we're running a little bit out of time. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks, Joey. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to ask, uh, back to your filming, is there anyone non-skate photographer or filmmaker that you kind of look up to or have? Um. I mean, I always, you know, I'm huge into movies, so, you know, I love all Quentin Tarantino movies and um, Robert Rodriguez, um, Wes Anderson. So, I mean, I definitely, I have the utmost respect for all of that and trying to, I watch movies and try to, like, pick apart how certain things, like, how did he think to shoot that this way? Like, that's amazing, you know? So, I I watch movies and I do that a lot and um, just have a lot of respect for those guys and often wonder if I could ever do anything like that, you know? often wonder that doesn't sound like something that you would say because I was going <laughs> to ask what this next step is. I mean, and I don't know if you know it and I don't want to put you in a precarious position, but I mean what you have done already. Mm -hmm. Um, and at such a young age, um, you know, what do you, I mean, in 20 years where, or 10 years, um, or in the future, where do you see yourself? I mean, somewhere with NFL films on the sets and movies, um, yeah, to be honest, um, it's kind of something that I just started to think about recently. I mean, it's always been in the back of my mind, but you know, I don't, I don't really know to, to answer your question. Um, because I, I do have the interest in movies. I obviously have an interest in sports and I know I would say that getting more into the sports, um, is something I've kind of looked more into. Um, but I don't even know if like football would be the one I'd, I don't want to mix too much of what I love with work, you know what I'm saying? So like right now I have football as like what I love to just drink beers and watch. It's your, re but, it's your relaxing time. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know, do something with basketball where like if I'm working it, I don't really care what happens that much, you know? So I, I feel like sports, 
probably is where things will eventually uh, end up. Just don't really know how that's going to factor out. Yeah, no, because I knew I was going to ask, you know, I was going to, I was like rooting for you to get a Chicago's uh, Bears credential. <laughs> but then I was thinking it might be really challenging for him as well because you are such a Chicago Bears fan. Um, you know, but what I will say, if you did basketball and what happened for me is following, you know, the chargers and working, shooting photos for ESPN and then doing, working with one of the TV stations and producing pieces is you get to know the guys. And so you do start to care about them and you do root for them. Um, so, but we are, I think we are running out of time. So any, uh, quick last thought, last shout out, any last few moments? Um, just tune into Street League uh, in July, July, what is it? 6th, 7th, yeah. And then I'll be at X Games and then um, make sure to watch thebarracks.com every single day. And uh, make sure to follow Chase at Chasing Gabor on Instagram. It's a great follow. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Coming up next week, uh, Corbin Harris. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. And thanks for tuning in and I'm out.